Um, uh, so this week's scripture we're going to jump into is from John chapter 8, beginning in verse 12. Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Then the Pharisees said to him, You are testifying on your own behalf. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, Even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid, because I know where I have come from, and I know where I am going. But you do not know where I I have come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is valid, for it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. It is your law, in your law it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is valid. I testify on my own behalf, and the Father who sent me testifies on my behalf. Then they said to him, Where is your Father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my Father. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So we're in the last week of this. It's just a phase series, and we've been talking about phases are times in a kid's life when you can change their future. It is the, there are just times when you can show up and you can influence some of the opportunities that you have to be able to make them, to, to help them go on the ways that we hope that they will get to be a part of. There are these moments because kids have predictable phases, and they are different at different times. And I'm sorry, the yellow one's not going to show up very well, but we'll do our best. But we've been sharing some of these phases over the last couple of weeks, and I wanted to share the last few we haven't gotten to. So the phase that is age three to age four is this, the phase when anything can be imagined, everything can be a game, and one curious preschooler wants to know why, over and over again, why. Fourth and fifth grade, the phase when friends are best friends, games are for competition, and your confident kid will insist, I've got this. I've heard that a few times in my house recently. Okay, third, the next one is ninth grade. Ninth grade is the phase when friendships shift, grades count, and interests change so often that your teenager um, will have to explain, this is me now. And finally, twelfth grade. The phase when your emerging adult pulls away, gets closer, does things for the last time, and you both start asking, what's next? You see, there are different phases, and there are predictable things that are going to happen in different phases over and over again. And the question is, how do we leverage these things? And so I want to start with an important thought. The most important person in the faith and life— the most important person to the faith of your child is— that's the next slide, Phil. The most important person to the faith of your child is— and when we ask this question, the answers almost always come back from adults. It's pastor— it's Sunday school teacher, it's a small group leader in confirmation, it's all these different people. But I need you to hear this, and this is really important. The answer to this question, the most important person to the faith of a child is their parents. It's always their parents. Uh, When we started this year, when we started our confirmation year or our student connect year this year, I got together with all the small group leaders, and I handed them a little bucket of marbles. Maybe you've heard of the marbles. We'll talk about those in a minute. But I handed him a little bucket of marbles, and I said, there's about 25 of them in here, because you're going to spend about 25 hours with these kids this year. And more than likely, that is about how long kids 
um, kids are going to be a part of this. A highly committed youth is going to spend about 25 hours learning in church a year. By the way, that's out of 8,760 hours. Even in your least connected phases with your kids, you get to spend, when you're a mom and dad, you spend almost 1,000 hours a year with your children versus the 25 they spend here learning and maybe another 50 in worship. 8,760 hours in a year. And so what happens is, is the reality we need to remember is that parents have a unique place in influencing their kids over and over again. When you have little kids, you have their undivided attention. Once you give them keys to a car, parents who have kids at this age, you no longer have that undivided attention, but you can still get some of it back by buying them food and hanging out with them and putting a theater in your basement. Not that we tried that in our house recently, but we're trying it in our house because hopefully they'll come home and hang out with us. But the reality is, is that parents can influence their kids. You matter. But I also want to point something out that how you influence your kids and where you take them and where you go with them matters to them as well, which is where we get to this. Two weeks ago, we said, um, it's just a phase, so don't miss your role. And last week, we said, it's just a phase, so don't miss this week, that those hours you have with them matter. But this week, we want to talk about this. It's just a phase, so don't miss Sunday. Don't miss Sunday. Because it's really important to think about what does it mean to gather as a community? And what does it mean for a kid to be a part of a community like a church? And so in order to describe what we're trying to do, uh, we use a picture. And it's a really simple picture. Uh, It's a picture of two things. One is home. And when we talk about home, we almost always use the color red. Because a home is the place that God has designed where a kid can experience unconditional love better than anywhere else in their lives. They're not, it's not going to be perfect. We're not going to get it right all the time. Parents, you're going to lose it and yell once in a while. It's going to happen. Or maybe you're just going to get really, really silent. Um, and if you do that throughout your life, your kid's just going to think that that's how people yell at each other. But whatever it is, you're just going to survive through these. You're going to figure these things out. But at the same time, The beauty of being in a home is that you know that no matter what you do, those parents are coming back to you. That family's coming back to you, and they want to be a part of your life. The home is is what God has designed to show us unconditional love, and kids need to hear that. But there are other things in our our world that we need to hear, and this is the thing we, we represent with yellow, which is the church. Yellow is the color of light. If home is red and that's the color of love, yellow is the color of light. And we believe that the church is uniquely designed to reflect the light of Christ. That we can see what Jesus is doing more clearly in the church than maybe anywhere else in the world. There's lots of different places that we see it. But if we think about the church, and maybe not so much the church building— but the people who make up God's family as a church, that is where we see the light of Christ reflected in amazing ways. Here's what Jesus said to, the, to, to um, his disciples. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus says this. He is light. And we are made to walk in his light 
and to shine his light. It's a reflection. It's why we use candles when we do baptism, that we light a candle and we bring it forward and we share it with you because we want you to know this really important thing, that God's light is for, is reflected through you. Um, in another part in the scriptures that actually says, Jesus is talking about the light that we reflect. He says, no one lights a, ca- lights a lamp and hides it under a basket or under a bushel. And we're saying over and over again that God's light is amazing because it, it is reflected through us and through who we are. In a different part um, of the gospel, John the Baptist says this, that we have this job together to testify to the light, to share the light. This is the church's job to show the light of Christ in the world. And there is this essential truth that we need to remember, because if we're talking about a place that shows the light of Christ, we're talking about kids needing to hear something really important, and it is this. Let's read this together. Every kid is made in the image of God. One of the hardest things to remember as a parent is that all the time your kid is made in the image of God. And the reason it's hard to remember is your kid is also made in the image of you. And when a kid is made in the image of you, they tend to reflect the things about you that you're not nearly as excited about. Have you ever had this happen? You listen to your child make a sarcastic, biting comment to somebody, and you think you shouldn't say that. And your response is that you think, I should also make a sarcastic, biting comment at my child in order that they can understand the pain. And you go, oh no. Have you ever had that oh no moment? The words come out of their mouth, and you hear them, and you go, those words are terrible. And then you hear them out of your own mouth as well, and you go, oh no, oh no. It's hard to see sometimes our kids. It's hard to hear sometimes our kids and the goodness, because we live with them so long, we can point out the things that drive us crazy. Maybe we need a community of people who will look at us and say over and over again, your kid is made in the image of God. That kid in your small group is made in the image of God. That kid that is driving you up the wall right now is made in the image of God. It's hard to remember. It's hard to think about in some of these moments that every one of us, every one of us is made in God's image. And God has created every person for a purpose and to be a reflection of who God is. And we really need a community together that we can support each other and care for each other in that. Uh, We give a book to parents when they have a baptism. I was just pointing this out. It's called Don't Miss It. Parent Parent every week like it counts. And it's based on the same thing that our marble illustration that we'll get to is from. It's about this question. How can we invest in the time that we have with our kids? But Reggie Joyner, who wrote this, gets to a point in the middle of it when he's talking about how important it is to remember that kids are made in the image of God. And here's what he says. When you remind yourself consistently that your kids are made in the image of God, it can change how you see them, how they see themselves, and even how they see God. You should never underestimate a kid's potential to learn, to grow, to build, to innovate, or to simply do something good because they have the ability to reflect their creator. When you learn to see God's image in a kid, it increases the potential for your kid to see God. When kids begin to understand that they're made in the image of God, they tend to look at the world differently, 
They tend to look at themselves differently, and they tend to look at each other differently. This one perspective affects how they make decisions, view sex, use technology, relate to parents, see the church, care about people, and trust God. Don't make the mistake of missing it. You wouldn't just be ignoring a child. You also could be ignoring God, and you definitely would be ignoring the potential that every kid has to experience God. Maybe this is why Jesus was so emphatic one day with his disciples. He knew they needed to remember what they weren't remembering. So he placed a child in front of them, and he firmly reminded them, whoever welcomes one such, one such child in my name welcomes me. It's kind of like Jesus was saying, I want you to treat your, your kids like you would treat me, and I am God. So just make sure you understand that when you welcome kids, it's like you're welcoming me, like you're welcoming God. Jesus made kids a pretty big deal. Every kid is made in the image of God, and the church's role is to remind us that we are all made in the image of God. Our job is simple. We tell each other that. The home is designed for kid, to teach kids about unconditional love, but the church's role is different, and it requires more people. It requires more people to figure this out because it's really important for you to hear this. For a kid to know that God loves them, they need to know a couple of things. They need to know that there's an adult who loves them. Over and over again, kids need adults who care about them. They need to hear this. They need to know that those adults know who God is. They've learned about him, and they, they are cared for. And they need to hear those adults tell them, I know God, I know you, and I know God cares about you and loves you. So let me ask this question. Who besides you is speaking into the life of your child? Who besides you is speaking into the life of your child? It is never nobody. And this is where the community becomes a really big deal because whether or not you have kids, whether or not you have young people who live in your house, whether or not they're even in your influence, if you're here in this church, this church is overrun with young people. It is the biggest, most amazing blessing that we have in this community. Wherever you go, there are little people doing all kinds of different things. Some of them wonderful, some of them entertaining. And it really doesn't matter which one it is that happens to be at that moment. But you have a role to speak into the life of kids because you know God and you know them. And if you don't know them, get to know somebody. Care about them. Ask them how their day was and how that test went last week. Ask them what their new favorite toy is or how t-ball's going. Heck, just get down on their level and help them recognize that you know that they're here because if we don't speak into the life of kids, someone else will. This is where the church matters so much. Small group ministers, or small group leaders, youth ministers, pastors, other adults who know God, know your kid, and your kid knows that they know God. Those adults can tell your kid, you're made in the image of God. That's why this question is so important. Where does connecting to a wider church community fall in your list of priorities? This is where I often say this. Don't miss Sunday. Don't miss it because it can feel like it's just one of those things that happens. Believe me, I know. 
And I work here, and I kind of go, okay, it's Sunday morning, and I really want to take a nap. The Vikings play a 9.30 a.m. game this year. I'm going, oh, maybe I could take that Sunday off. You know, you know, kind of have that thought? Just for a second. I'll probably just have it in my ear. It'll be fine. So, but when we tell our kids, we're going to prioritize this they begin to see that the message that the church has for them is important. When we say, you know, we can't do that because we have this community that we're a part of and we show up. When the kids get there, they go, that message must be a big deal because my mom and dad set aside this or that or the other thing to be there. And so when the message, when they show up is, you are important, you matter, your life matters to who God is, and God has made you for, on purpose for a purpose, we begin to say to them, who they are, that they are made in the image of God. When we make church family a priority, we teach kids that the message of God should be the most important message in their lives. That they are made in the image of God, that God cares about them, that they need God in all things, and that this is the ultimate truth about them. Every kid, every kid is made in the image of God. Every single one of them, whether that kid is three weeks old or 30 years old or getting right to the end of this season of life, whatever it happens to be, every person is made in the image of God. You see, church isn't about church. The goal isn't to build a pretty building and to make things sound nice and go together. That's all great. But the goal is, is that every person would hear this message loud and clear in their lives, that you are a child of God, that you matter, and that nothing can ever change that. That's why we combine red and yellow. We believe it's a partnership. We believe that orange is the color that we're going for, because we want every person in this church to know that you are loved and that you shine the light of Jesus. The image of God. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that here in this place and in this time, you remind us that you love us through our families and our friends and those people who are closest to us. But you also remind us through this wider community that we are made in your image. Let us see ourselves as your children. Let you, we ask that you would build your kingdom in our lives and in our hearts. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Together, God's people said,